Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. That's another episode, and this one a very special one, of Unfiltered coming your way. The Unfiltered Revolution. You could jump on board at Casey Stern on Twitter, get into the YouTube channel, and of course, uh, where most of you are, Apple, Spotify, everywhere where you get your podcast. This will officially go down as episode 196 and uh, maybe one of one in terms of uh, needing therapy after the few minutes that we spend <laughs> with our next guest. And thank you on Filtered Band as I welcome in from SMY, longtime friend, long time in the business, as good as any covering uh, this sport and having to deal with watching this team. Luckily, he gets to cover the Yankees too now, although that hasn't gone much better. So I don't know if that is necessarily yeah. help for the lack of therapy for Andy Martino. Andy, I appreciate this, buddy. I know you're busy. Thank you so much for doing this. Of course, Casey, anytime. I mean, look, the Yankees are not maybe what their fans wanted them to be, but it's not the worst team the money could buy either. So it, it's relatively know, it, stable over there, comparatively speaking. Ironically, for a guy who wrote a book, Cheated, a lot of Met fans <laughs> probably feel that way. Uh, we'll sure get into we'll get into all that. Uh, we, as always, presented by Bet Online, your number one source for all your sports betting needs, latest odds, lines, matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. They are the fastest and easiest way to get all your wagers, live betting, casino, and card games available right from your phone. So get to the website website or your mobile device and sign up now get in on the action use the promo code believe it's b-l-e-a-v 50 percent welcome bonus in your first deposit it's been online where the game starts and i want to get started there's a lot to get into but i want to start here what did you expect to hear from the steve cohen press conference beforehand and how did you feel about what he said afterwards once it was over uh, i expected casey exactly what happened and you know that's just from being around the team, covering Cohen now for a few years, uh, you know him as the owner of the team, and and sort of seeing up close that uh, I, some fans have created, and not just fans. I shouldn't just blame fans. Like it's been happening in media, fans, public. There's this uh, fictional Steve Cohen character of like the bombastic George Steinbrenner type that's sort of arisen in people's minds, and while he's aggressive and ambitious. He wants to win like Steinbrenner did. He's really more of a Hal than a George in terms of his uh, way that he wants to run a baseball team. He likes to be process oriented. He says things all the time. Like if I hired and fired people after a bad month or even bad few months in, in my hedge fund, you know, I'd be out of business, things like that. So it was the kind of calm uh, that I expected him to project. And, uh, I'd say the only thing that was, so how do I feel about it at the end? The only thing that was a little bit like, oh, you were really explicit about that. And that's kind of interesting with the idea of selling at the trade deadline and how open he was to it. It's obviously a rational thought. So I think it just underscores his rationality. He's not going to throw good money after bad if, if the season doesn't doesn't deserve it, uh, and if the team doesn't merit it. But um, I thought it was unusual you know, we listen to GMs all the time who talk around everything for, for for Cohen to just be like, yeah, we're in this position. It'd be silly to buy. I thought that was nicely direct. Yeah, I like that as well. And I want to get into that. I know you just wrote an article, which people could find in your Twitter uh, for SMY about a lot of that. And I want to get into some of what the possibilities are. But I, I was... Look, uh, you know, I try and be rational, but irrational. Obviously, yeah, I mean, you know me for you. I'm a fan of the team. But at the mm -hmm. same time... You know, I try and look at it from a standpoint of covering the game and any good leader. And this is not a baseball thing or a coach or manager thing. It's a company thing. It's a parent thing. And we're both dads. 
you have to be measured. You can't be impulsive and emotional. You mm -hmm. have to have that steadying of the force. And I expected him to do that. I wasn't surprised that that's what we saw from him at all. And it's like Met fans wanted him to just like start throwing things and throwing tables and all that other kind of stuff. And a lot of it because of Buck. And I want to kind of start there. The game lost 42 aside because I thought the lack of urgency in that game where they're sitting there with a three-run lead, you're against the Phillies, and I'm not seeing out of Eno or Robertson, and then I am the next day. I had a problem with that too, right? It was not Zach Britton still in the bullpen of years ago, but it wasn't <laughs> great. Outside of that game, you're watching this team every day. What do you make of how much the fans have tried to put this on a Buck Showalter thing, the same guy that they praised for helping them win over 100 games a year ago? I think it's nothing short of stunning, Casey. Uh, this is the same person who's the manager of the year uh, last year. It's funny. It's not like, oh, he was manager of the year in 97 or something. It's like he's currently the reigning National League manager of the year. He didn't become a moron overnight. Uh, he's also not perfect, and nobody is, right? There's a lot of, a lot of uh, I don't want to say mythology around Showalter. That's not a fair word to him. But there's a, a, a lot of uh, well-earned reputation for him being a brilliant baseball mind, but that doesn't make him, obviously, uh, flawless uh, in-game manager. Nobody is. But it has surprised me that it's fallen on him. I think where a lot of that began here in the local uh, market is disgruntlement over his reluctance to play uh, some of the younger players that have come up. But in fairness to Showalter, uh, a guy like Mark Vientos didn't really have a position, and they perhaps didn't feel he was as ready offensively as his AAA numbers showed. He's gotten a lot of flack. Showalter has for playing Daniel Vogelback a lot. I'd be willing to guess that he's being a team player there more so than being obsessive about loving Vogelback. I think that's like he's Buck Showalter. Which every manager has to be right now, by the way. Exactly. Yes. Like, what's he? So if if someone's looking for his press conference to be like him to be like Vogelback sucks and I hate him. That's like what people are looking for him. Well, to say. yeah, like, that's the stupid thing. And, and Andy was just thinking this, as you're saying this, everybody's going to get, and they get mad at you all the time. Right. And they're going to get <laughs> mad at me. And I get tweets about like, I'm some show Walter apologist, right? The idea that he is the sole reason or biggest reason is the problem I have. We all understand he's the manager. Buck would tell you he takes responsibility as the manager for some of what's happened. That's part of the job. But how does the accountability not fall on the roster and the players? It's not his fault that all they had was Daniel Vogelback, that the Correa deal, and I understand what he hasn't done, didn't come through, that Marte yesterday was just an example of what he hasn't done all year. How is it that, that he's got to go to the Brighams and the Walkers at all, right? I mean, I just yeah. don't understand that David Peterson fell off the reservation. We can go on forever and be here forever. Yeah. But what I want to know is when you're around that club, the feel inside, and I want to talk about specifically something that you put out there that I thought was really important for fans to hear again, and that's the Lindor conversation. Mm. When you were talking about, and we have all had these conversations, like off the record, off the tape record, either way, right, where people will say things, but he wanted it noted, just the feeling of that club and what they had for Buck. Can you kind of take us through all of that? Yes. I'm glad you mentioned that because the reason I went to Lindor, not just because he's a face-of-the-franchise type guy, is because he really loves Buck. So I know from being around the team that if Buck ever lost Lindor, that's it. And so I wanted to make sure it, it, that Lindor still felt the same way as we he felt in the past. And he sure did emphatically. And he uh, plausibly to me, 
like looked absolutely stunned when I said, you know, some fans, some people out there are calling for Buck to be fired. He's like jaw dropped. Are you kidding me? Uh, Scherzer feels the same way. I didn't include him in that article, but as another leader, Scherzer's like, this is crazy. Uh, and and that's just the, the feeling in the room is that they feel that they have a manager who's prepared. I mean, look, if younger players don't always feel like they get the opportunity they want right away, I mean, that that's one thing. But younger players are also vulnerable to reading the clips about themselves probably and feeling like they should be right away. Whereas it's a manager's job to, to be a little bit more deliberate about working them in. Or, you know, Buck, like if you really want to get in the weeds of what Buck likes, he likes the J.J. Hardy type, the the player who does it on both sides of the ball, not necessarily a superstar, but has the right clock for where he's going to be at all times. And the Mets prospects are, are now rookies, Beatty, Brett Beatty, Mark Vientos. They're not that type of player, at least yet. So Buck's trying to work with guys that he knows are not necessarily the well-rounded players yet at this type of his career that create a winning team so that that that's part of what's going on here too and he's just but he's not going to insult anybody on, on his post-game pre-game podium so that's right. where fans get mad a little bit which is not going to do anything i, I yeah. except except you get these guys putting more they're already gripping it too tight and clearly feeling some pressure and you know one of the things that that really kind of bothers me about the team when i look at it and where this is a real problem the edwin diaz injury is allowed to hurt you it can it can't cripple you mm-hmm. And it feels like it's crippled them because of the lack of depth, especially from a pitching side. How much, Andy, of all the things this season, has that not been the biggest thing that's been exposed that they didn't have what other organizations have where they can go dig down into that next group? They don't have another group. They've got guys who belong in AAA, and that's why they're failing in some of these spots at the big league level. I agree with you, Casey. You identified this major area. It's the issue, and it's a big surprise. I thought... Billy Epler thought, Steve Cohen thought, everybody thought that they'd assembled a, a exactly the opposite kind of bullpen. And there were there are a few moves that have really worked out, like signing Robertson, trading for Brooks Raley. But like the next tier, the the John Curtis's, the Jeff Brigham's, uh, uh, there 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 are a number of guys that were supposed to be those Tampa Bay Rays, diamond in the rough, no name guys and they just haven't panned out they've end up looking like the optionable type you know the relievers that that uh are not high leverage or not high impact so it just hasn't been what their internal evaluations thought and like you get into you really see it showing up uh where the the game uh, there's so many examples lately but on thursday night scherzer gives them a, a good six innings and then you just sort of know whether it's going to be Dominic Leon. Nothing, no offense to these guys. Tommy Hunter was the guy for a while before he was released. Or the Brigham. The next guy out of the pen in that kind of situation before Buck is ready to go to his out of being O'Reilly, Robertson. It's going to be tough to, in a tie game. It's going to be tough to keep that game tied. That's the way it's played out. As yeah, you well he, know. Yeah, he, here's the other thing, and and you get a better sense of this than me. So feel free to tell me that I'm crazy. But from the outside looking in, and Buck, look, leadership is is management, it's ownership, it's manager, it's also in a room and it's players. And this is not high school and college. When you're talking about the guys that are veterans and getting paid this kind of money, that policing, as we like to use that word in this sport, has to come from within all of the mistakes that we've seen. And the mental mistakes. And, you know, Steve Cohen, I think rightfully so, used the tennis term, unforced errors. To me, 
I wonder in that room, are there enough guys who, when we're not watching, are pulling other guys aside or grabbing them and saying, we're not taking this crap anymore. This isn't good enough. Do you get the feel? And I know Scherzer's the first guy I think of who would do it, but he's a pitcher every five days. It's yeah. not as easy. Is there enough of that in this room? And is that maybe something else that we're seeing as an issue? Well, that bears the question, how much is enough? It's a really interesting question. Yeah, Scherzer is that guy. There was a shot of him in the dugout uh, in Thursday's game. that He had a little moment uh, at first base with getting the throw to Pete Alonso. And I, I think what happened was, you might remember better than I. Let me think back now. The throw, I, I don't think, oh, right. Alonso didn't glove the throw to first yes, base. Correct. Scherzer's in the uh, dugout after the inning. And SMY cameras caught him kind of vehemently explaining the, Alonzo, yeah. how he should have done the play. And at first I was like, oh, they're having a laugh about it. And then I was like, oh, they're not having a laugh about it. <laughs> this is like, here's how you take a throw. And Scherzer's great with that. And Scherzer's not afraid to be unpopular, too. Like, it's not like he's the most beloved player among peers. Doesn't have generation. to be. Doesn't have right. to Right. It does not what he's going for. Right. Right. And, and that's he wants why to win. Still, exactly. And he has been an underrated when the history of this era, the Mets is said and done. He's been an underrated culture changer with that team, no matter what he contributes going forward. Lindor is like that. I think Lindor has really grown as a leader since 21, his first year here. I really watched, I've really watched that happen and hit mature. Are there others? Um, boy. Peach is not that guy, right? Andy. I mean, like I love him. He's a great guy. But, you know, I used to, I had Steve Phillips on last week and he used the word hokey and I don't think he meant it in a bad way, but you, you just want, is he, he, is he that type that's going to have that, that strength of leadership where he's going to be, he doesn't, mm -hmm. he's not, he doesn't seem like that guy to me. I'm not saying he has to be, and I'm not trying to put everything on him, but do you get the sense that that's just not his thing? I guess I'm going to put it this way. Everyone needs to be authentic to who they are. or They yeah. come across as a phony. And fair. I think Pete is authentic to who he that's is. That's fair. That's fair. How's that? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. No, I, and I think that, I think I look, I, I think that's fair. I, you know, I want to go back to the article that you, you put out and you're talking about, and Steve Cohen addressed it, right? So selling there, this is a team that's what nine games under 500. I mean, they're, they're three and a half games ahead of the nationals. I don't even go to their nine and a half out of a wild card or 17 half in a division. If you want to really understand the scope of how bad it is, they're three and a half ahead of Dom Smith and the nationals. That's where they are. I mean, that's how bad it is. How realistic before we get into the selling, do you think it even is? even if the players play to the back of the baseball card capability, that they can cut this gap enough to make this mm -hmm. a wild card race down the stretch. Well, it's not implausible, Casey, but I guess the two ways I can look at it, which are I have been looking at, which are contradictory, is this team can be way better. I've yes. never seen this much talent on, on a losing team before, literally ever. Uh, so there, there's more there for McNeil. There's more there for Alonzo. There's more there for Lindor, which we're starting to see. Uh, I could keep going. Marte, for feels, sure. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes it feels like they're two impact relief arms away from being a championship-caliber team. I swear to God, it does feel that way sometimes. Uh, but the other way to look at it is, yeah, but look at the math of the standings. Even if they started to win, look at all the teams ahead of them. Look right. at the proximity to the Nationals is a good way to it's think crazy. of it, too. You're right. I mean, it really yeah, is so crazy. Yeah. Can they? Yeah, it's not too terribly late. I think it was Buster who... Um, had a tweet a few days ago that 
every year a team that's eight and a half, half games of the wild card over the past however yeah. many years have made it. I think it, Cohen used that, right? His presser, I think. He did. Cohen yeah. did use it. That's yeah. right. <laughs> uh, everyone, but at the highest levels, they're all just trolling, scowling through Twitter looking for reasons. Yeah, to right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Motivation. Just, owners are just like us. Uh, <laughs> but no, look, I think it's possible. But uh, they look like a dead team right now on the field. That that would have to change, obviously. I mean, you know the phrase "dead team." I don't use that. Oh, like, I it see is, it. I mean, yeah. look, and, and I see, and I see it more in. Look, this has been in all the years of talk radio. One of the great conversations because there's no real answer to it. It's chicken and the egg or whatever. Is does winning breed chemistry? Does chemistry breed winning? Right? And you know, how do you look happy when you lose, or are you losing because you're not happy? And there's a little in truth in, in in sports in all of those things, right? It is not fun to lose. But I go to the Marte at bat at the end of the game as we do this here on a Friday last night, and it is a great example of everything. Like they they have that battling inning where you know Alvarez gets the knock and, and shortens the swing down a little bit, and yeah. you know here's Nimmo with a great at bat, right? Probably should have walked on two pitches earlier, then eventually walks, runs down to first base as he always does. Bases are loaded. Here's Marte, the guy who double play earlier in the game, and he can kind of come back and fix it. And on three pitches in what seemed like a lifeless at bat in which he had no chance, which began with him swinging at a changeup, he had no chance to hit. They they're gone. That's the dead to me, you know, and I don't mean to me, but the way it looks is they kind of come off more lifeless than even the record. And I don't know how to really compute why that is or how to explain that. But do you get that feel from this team? Yeah. And the example you just uh, offered is actually one of the more uh, lively moments they've had uh, lately. At least there was a rally to begin with. I mean, oftentimes <laughs> it's just like, uh, I during the loss the previous night, I turned to someone in the press box and was just like, this is the most boring close game I've seen in ages. I yeah. think it was a one run game at the time when I said that mid game, it later wasn't a one run game, <laughs> but, yeah. but, but it was like, what, why is it so boring? And it's just like the, the team, it, you know, it's not that they lack personal chemistry. I'm not sensing real fractions in the clubhouse or anything like that. Fractures in the clubhouse. It's more um, just the deadness on the field the fans are not excited because they see this. So it's actually like a just a weird, bad, dead energy in the ballpark. It's a bad too. vibe, right? It's yeah, a, it's there is, it's a just bad like, vibe. They're not drawing that great. Or if, I don't know how many tickets yeah. are selling, but there's enough empty seats. Yeah, but they're coming in angry, Andy. I mean, yeah, they're, they're coming, coming to in watch angry, the team ready. lose. Yeah, and almost worse than angry sometimes, you know, Casey, if you're in the building, sometimes it feels more like apathy oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. in the stands, which is, Obviously, a stage past anger in a year like this. Yeah, well, after apathy in the stands, I guess you just stop showing up. Well, and, I, and look, it's a great segue because the team can't be apathetic. They they have to, even if the season has gone wrong, try and figure out how do we get to those next steps. Mm -hmm. Robertson, you know, look, we could think about some obvious ones like Robertson and the, the Tommy Fam having a you know, little surgeons here, and some of these other small things. But they have proved, and we saw it in a smaller deal with Escobar, and it was discussed, I think, in the co-impressor, somebody asked it, the willingness to eat some money to, to fix this prospect issue, especially from a pitching side, right, which they definitely have. Mm -hmm. How much do you get the feeling and believe, because it's going to be a Steve Cohen thing, not a Billy Epler thing, it's going to be his choice, of him trying to find deals for maybe Verlander and Scherzer where he's willing to eat money if he can get somebody desperate to give him some sort of a prospect haul to get those two guys in. Yeah, as hard as it is to believe, uh, considering where the team seemed to be over the winter, I would not be surprised at all that 
for them to in fact i would be surprised if they didn't gauge the trade market for scherzer and verlander and if they continue if they continue to lose of course uh figure out what kind of prospect you would actually get for uh the idea that you'd eat the money it would a team still get like the current version of justin verlander is that worth a, a, a desirable prospect even if the mets are paying those are the kinds of things they're going to find out uh but yeah if they continue to lose that's what they'll look at because they are very 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 sincere when i say they i mean cohen and epler about building up that farm system and if they see an opportunity to do that they won't be uh shy about I think the only thing that would be really, really, really tough for them to swallow in this category would be trading Alonzo for prospects. Other than that, I would expect them to explore. Yeah, and I think one of the tough things we may see in the next few weeks is the team itself may, just to your point, because of the roster, play better and play better enough to be five out of a wild card with a yeah. fan base that's trying to believe, and they may not be able to then trade guys because this this organization, I don't care what regime, what owner, they all say the same. They don't go back to the will, but they don't listen to the media. They don't care about the fan. Yeah, of course they do, and they understand. So that's going to be difficult. I want to hit one more thing and I'll let you run, and that is on all the talk about the baseball ops and – you know, I, I, I've been saying, uh, you know, I'm the Stearns leave the last S off for savings, like the last, like the latest dial a mattress commercial, but the David Stearns, um, <laughs> is there any, I, I don't even know how to like, is there any way he's not the guy? I mean, oh, how yeah. much can we dance around? Is that a thing where it could be somebody else or is this, oh, yeah. you think all kind of wrapped up? So give me a sense of kind of, where is he in this mix right now for that kid? It's not wrapped up. Um, I've spoken to Steve Cohen. So in that sense, I'm further along in the process than Stearns is. I mean, they've never met. Uh, obviously, there aren't that many candidates. Obviously, this is a guy whose contract is going to expire. This is a guy who has a pre-existing relationship with Billy Epler, who will remain a very important part of this mix. So there are many reasons to think that this is somebody who could find himself the president of baseball operations for the Mets. But Steve Cohen is... Uh, uh, somebody who values personal chemistry as well, has it with Epler. Uh, and, you know, there was an arranged marriage situation going on with Cohen and Theo Epstein. They had one meeting and they were both like, nah, respectfully, but no, not a fit. Could that happen again? Of course it could with Stearns. Uh, I, I think the reason why this one has more traction is because there is that relationship with Epler already. Uh, but that, yeah, they have to go through that process of, of meeting and figuring out if they're all going to be a fit. Uh, one thing's for sure. Uh, if even though I don't, I'm with you, look, Buck Epler, first of all, doing it now makes no sense, even if they should be let go. If this finishes the year this way. Uh, there will be changes of some sort, and uh, you will get a chance to cover it all. And by the way, the Yankees as well. And you can follow Andy Martini and all of the action on Twitter and on SNY and the great job that he does with both of those teams. Appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes. All right, Casey. Anytime. All right. There he is, Andy Martino, uh, the state of the Mets. Go find your local therapist. Uh, as always, Unfiltered is brought to you by. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.